Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Grew up in St. Louis, have always loved St. Louis. Um, the only time I spent time away from St. Louis, I went to Duke University. After going to grade school here in Clayton and Merrimack grade school in Clayton and then to John Burroughs School in high school. Uh, what happened after you went to Duke? Well, then I came back. I, I did a little Army time. I went to Fort Bragg, North Carolina for basic and Fort Lee, Virginia. Then when I got out of all that, I just decided, well, I'm going to try to open a place where I can program the jukebox with my 30,045 RPM record collection and 12,078 RPMs and a bunch of cylinders too, for that matter. Um, but the 45 RPMs were key. This was before the internet jukeboxes and before CDs and all. And um, I hand typed out every title strip with the name of the song, the year it was popular, the artist and the flip side and programmed it and changed it every two weeks, uh, except for Blueberry Hill. I left that on forever, of course. Uh, but I just, and then I, I figured I could also unbox all my pop culture collections. I've been a collector since I was a young, young boy, really. It's all sorts of stuff. Um, not just comic books and baseball cards, but Mission Oak furniture and all this other crazy stuff that a guy normally doesn't do when you're 11 years old or 8 years old. But you collected all these records when you were a kid? So over, over many years, that's how you came to have 30,000? Yeah, no, I just I, I went to secondhand stores a lot and, 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 and picked them up for nickels and dimes, but I also bought new ones. Uh, no, I just, I've collected records my whole life. It's, it's just, and I still do, not records, but just, you know. M- music is, is one of those great art forms, possibly the greatest art form. I don't want to say that against the other art forms, that people can look back on their lives. And if you hear a song come on the jukebox that you grew up with or had a special event happen to you in your life, whether it's a positive thing or a death or whatever it might be, you can place yourself at that time in history. It's your own personal history book. And, um, and, and I love the power of music in that regard. So the good times, you just play those songs over and over. The sad ones, you can kind of get wistful late at night and play those over and over and then put it behind you for another year. <laughs> so you started this place based on the idea of a jukebox. Is that true? Yeah, a jukebox and my pop culture collections. Part part of what attracts people with Blueberry Hill from around the country, around the world, really, is all the pop culture display case, filled in, in in the display cases and the, and the music. And now I've gone way beyond just having a jukebox to having live music in the Elvis room, in the duck room, uh, where people like, I don't know if everybody knows who Ed Sheeran is, but he's one of the biggest stars on the planet. He played the Duck Room here at Blueberry Hill. Alanis Morissette played here. 
Grandmaster Flash played here. Chuck Berry performed here 209 monthly concerts in a legendary series that brought people in from Europe and Brazil and and Japan. It's just Blueberry Hill is kind of a magical place in, in that regard. Another thing that stands out when you come in here is the is the hallway with all the photos of celebrities, uh, people who are musical artists, actors, all kinds of people that everyone would know. And they're usually standing in a photo with you. Now, this is my question. How in the world did you get all those photos with those people? Was it mostly here? Well, most of the photos were were taken here at Blueberry Hill because people come in from around the world, even if they're playing a big 20,000-seat arena, they've heard about Blueberry Hill and and they come in, uh, whether it's musicians or even politicians or elected officials and and, uh, and and then some at the pageant uh, concert nightclub that I built up the street in Delmore Hall. But a, a lot a lot here. There are a few taken other places, uh, but most were taken here or in St. Louis, at, at least. And I've been very fortunate to, to meet have met a lot of really fascinating people, superstars. And, and some of my favorite photos are the ones that, uh, like Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin, the photo that I've most in, in rapture with is, is the two of us walking down Delmar with the Tivoli, you know, theater sign in, in the background on a, on a sunny day where he just wanted me to show him the loop. Wow. <laughs> Here's this guy that travels around the world with, you know, princes and kings and princesses. And, and um, he was really interested in finding out more about the Delmar loop. I spent an afternoon with him. Robert Duvall, the, one of the greatest actors of all time. I spent an entire four hour afternoon with him and his beautiful wife um, in, in what I call the piano room at Blueberry Hill. And uh, he came back for his Principia High School reunion years ago the, the, in Illinois, Elsa, Illinois. And, and, um, but they wanted to bring him at Blueberry, to Blueberry Hill so that, that I could kind of explain St. Louis to him. That's, that's pretty, that's, <laughs> that's pretty it's heady stuff. Yeah. I mean, I love these stories. A couple more examples of your favorite photos. Well, one favorite one is is uh, when I reintroduce Paul McCartney to Chuck Berry. Um, Paul McCartney played Bush Stadium, the old, the previous Bush Stadium, and he and his wife Linda Eastman, she was still alive at the time, and so they had Chuck Berry and me to dinner before the concert. So I spent two hours with the family and the kids and Stella, who's now a super fashion person, and uh, anyway, anyway, it was just made. We rode golf carts around the the lower level of Bush Stadium, which I didn't know was there, but that makes sense. But I almost felt like I was in a Beatles movie, <laughs> Dri- driving around in a golf cart with his kids, with Paul McCartney's kids. So the photo of Chuck Berry and Paul McCartney and me, I, I appreciate that one. Um, I also reintroduced Chuck Berry to and, and Bob Dylan reintroduced it to them uh, in 2003, I think. And Bob Dylan is one of the most reclusive people. And Paul McCartney is to a degree. He always talks to the media and stuff. But as far as spending time, it, it's, it's different. But Bob Dylan is really quiet. He spent, he, he performed three concerts at the pageant in, I think it was 2003, three consecutive nights. No one saw him during those three days. That's how reclusive he is. And, uh, and um, people had cutout cardboard cutouts of him that they would say, oh, he was seen in Soulard. <laughs> oh, he was seen here. Up. I did re-meet him for the second time and introduced Chuck to him at that time on his tour bus, Bob's tour bus. Even the English security guy that travels with Bob, his tour uh, manager, 
kind of faked his anger at me, but he just said, after, after I worked for Bob Dylan for five years. I've never seen the interior. Nobody sees the <laughs> interior of his bus. His, that's his, his kingdom. There's so many cool moments of people that come in Blueberry Hill. I can't even begin to tell you the story behind every single one of them, but it's, it's, it's been a great life. Blueberry Hill is kind of a centerpiece of the Del Mar Loop. Uh, as a neighborhood, this is a very interesting and unique place in St. Louis. What do you love about the Loop? I love the fact that everybody is welcome here. Everybody. All ages, all backgrounds, uh, ethnic group, everybody is welcome here. And they have been from day one of this slow revitalization that started when I opened Blueberry Hill in 1972. Because the Loop at that time was pretty desolate. Um, about half the storefronts were vacant or had or were boarded up or had just small two-person shops or an insurance company or a real estate you know, storefront and not conducive to foot traffic. And it was real important to me to set a tone that, you know, it's a safe area, which it wasn't at that time. Um, I had guns and knives pulled on me in the early years of Blueberry Hill as I banned people. Almost went out of business three times in the first two years because I banned two-thirds of the customers. I wasn't going to put up with the drug dealers or the, or the, the outlaw motorcycle gangs. They're good motorcycle people that actually did support me in, in certain instances. But uh, it, it's just it, after a couple of years, people realized, wow, he really means it. You know, you have to behave or you can't go up to a woman and say ba 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 to her if you don't know her and, and all and without getting banned. Joe's going to ban you. And um, and um, if we can't do that, it's yes, I can. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not a great strategy for, for evolving, but there is a, an argument to be made that you can't grow if you have that kind of element coming to your place, right? Right. It, it made the world of difference. To, it set a tone for the Del Mar Loop. And now this is one of the safest. It's evolved to be one of the safest city streets in, mid, in the Midwest, if not all of America, at the, on this level. Uh, it, it, and it really is that way. And it's the pedestrian foot traffic that makes it safe. In addition to all the stuff we've worked on through the years, like lighting, additional lighting and cameras, all that kind of thing. But just having people that are nice uh, come in the area, it, it makes a huge difference. Well, on that issue of crime, there still is some crime around here. The parking lot for the Metro has had some incidents there. And of course, going further to downtown, lots of problems and some of the neighborhoods in between. I'm curious, since you're such a citizen of this place, what do you think needs to be done to curb the crime problem? I, I don't have a, a, a solution for the entire metropolitan area, but we, we've worked on it in the Del Mar Loop all the time. That's, that's a subject that comes up at our monthly meetings, and we can keep fine-tuning things and find out where a problem is. Uh, it's it's uh, it, and, and the that parking lot that's not ours is 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 tricky, but that's going to get solved in the next year or so by Metro, uh, to a degree. And um, I don't, I think, and that's happening all over, not just our city and metropolitan area, the city, county, and Illinois, but all over the country. That kind of you know smash and grab stuff's happening. Um, but with better camera systems, they're starting to catch a lot of these young people that are doing that and and, and arresting them. So that, that's a good sign. But just having so many people, the reason it doesn't happen on Delmar itself is because there's so many eyes and ears out there watching it, and they'll call right away. And, and uh, so that's why it's happening at the off-site parking and, and stuff still, but not often, but often enough, it still drives me nutty. 
I want to ask you about one more controversial subject, the trolley. Every year, and I have lived in several cities, several major cities, a lot of them have trolleys. And in every single city, this is always a controversial subject. I suppose it's because taxpayer funding versus the usefulness of it. You you are a trolley supporter, right? Okay. So give me your argument for the trolley. Well, there's so many positive reasons to have it. Um, One is it's good, clean electric transit, and young people in particular, and retired people, older people, really like it too, because you can live within three or four blocks and not have to have the expense of a car, the auto insurance, the gas prices, all that. You can walk and get to where you you can connect with Metrolink uh, and and get there. And as as it expands through the next few decades, it'll really be meaningful. We used to have the best streetcar system in the United States, and it was dismantled you know, starting in the 1950s, in particular, when all the auto companies in Detroit, you know, said, oh, let's just either destroy them or buy them up. And and we, we ended up without the best transit system. And public transit is important for people of all economic strata. And that's the backbone. Yeah, it's going to take some time to build it up. Uh, it's it's the, this, the loop trolley got unfavorable attention in the beginning because the company in Iowa that fixed them up, really did a beautiful job on the, the, the outside and the interiors and the wooden seats and everything, a beautiful job on that. Not a good job as far as the mechanical part. And so it was not as dependable as it should have been. And they, they, they anyway, once we have three cars, which is going to start um, the, the summer with three cars going with, do, with, under the auspices of Metro slash Bi-State, it, and they have the me- mechanical wherewithal to make sure they run on time and all, and then build it back up uh, again and, and then expand it eventually. All the money that was put into it was either done by private people like myself and others and, and federal grants that would have gone to a different city if they had not come here. So it's not like it's when people rail on about, oh, taxpayer money and all. In the beginning, they didn't rail on about that. It's just once it didn't, wasn't dependable, they started getting a grip on ooh, and started turning people against it. It's, it's magnificent. Kansas City instituted uh, a, a, their own new trolley system a few years ago, and they made it free, and it's hugely successful. And, and they've ex- they're expanding it twice more. New Orleans, same thing. They've always had one for out to St. Charles Avenue where people go to the Garden District. It's just a big plus, San Francisco, of course, with the cable cars. So we, we should embrace this. And I think St. Louisans need to realize, well, okay, it's here. All the hard work has already been done. All the construction with the rails and all that has been done. Let's fine-tune it. Let's tweak it. Let's make it a positive. It's a small amount of money to tweak it and make it work. Um, it would cost way more to take it out and way more. And, and plus, we wouldn't get federal funding for the expansion of other types of of transportation. So it's, I think just have patience and be positive. And it is fun. It is fun to have a trolley. And all those cities that I've lived in, uh, they did kind of go toward the positive part of it. It's, it's the evolution of it. It's very similar to what's happened here in St. Louis. So sounds like you think the trolley has a bright future. Oh, I definitely do. If, 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 if you connect one of the 10 great streets in America, the Del Mar Loop, as designated by the American Planning Association, to the 15 million people that go to Forest Park attractions, whether it's the zoo, the science center, the art museum, uh, you know, history museum, 
and, and all that, that's, that's meaningful. And if we cross-promote properly, we never could cross-promote before because we couldn't say, oh, it's going to be dependable. Every 15 or 20 minutes, it'll be there during these hours. And that was not possible. Now it's possible with, with Metro and, and Bicet taking it over. Um, and, and it's going to be very meaningful. We'll, we'll see this summer the improvements that have been, are being made and, um, and then fine tune it. And it'll be, it'll be a, a good attraction, not just for tourists um, and visitors, but just family people from Missouri and Illinois that want to go to the zoo, but they also want to come in and have lunch at one of the great restaurants in the loop or shop the galleries and the, and the clothing boutiques. So we just have to be patient and keep moving forward and f- fix the things that didn't work and accent the ones that did. All right, let's talk about the Walk of Fame. Uh, there haven't been any stars laid down during COVID, so we're post that era, and now we're going to have a new star for the first time in the coming week. So tell me about that. Uh, who is it? I'm thrilled to say that Andy Cohen, a St. Louisan, originally, is, is going to be inducted. Here's a talented person. His parents still live in St. Louis, by the way, in, in, in Clayton, and, and, uh, and they'll be coming in all sorts of friends and family, you know, from his earlier days in, in St. Louis will be here and he's coming in town for it. it it's just, he's, he's such an energetic um, and smart entertainer and producer. It, it's, he's one of those miracle people that I don't know how he has the energy to do all that he does, uh, but, but he does. And, and um, there's a lot of excitement nationwide about this one, this induction ceremony, not just St. Louis. And, and uh, so it, it, it's going to be really fun. Yeah, the pandemic made it impossible to have the induction ceremonies as normally scheduled. But now we're back. And um, and this one's happening May 5th at 5 o'clock, right in front of the Moonrise Hotel, where a star is going in, physically going in this week, ready in time for the May 5th induction. Is Andy going to be here? Yes, he is. He's definitely coming in. I just talked to him last week. Uh, and... and um, I've always been a long, long time Andy Cohen fan. In fact, in what I call the Pac-Man room at Blueberry Hill, I have a bobblehead of Andy Cohen and a couple of his books. Um, that, that's how how big he is, I think, to deserve a spot in a display case here, and uh, for years. So yeah, now he'll be coming in, and um, it, it'll be a fun day, I think. Do you know of any future stars, or is that kind of go? Uh, I don't know how how is it voted on. Yeah, there there are 120 people on the selection committee. All the chancellors of the universities, heads of historical societies and arts organizations, and certain media people that are knowledgeable in various fields, and and the living inductees all get a vote too. One, one vote each of those 120, and then they're tabulated, and the top three get in the following year. The the votes come in in the summertime, and then they're inducted the following year. Are there specific criteria that they have to meet in order to be eligible for a star? Yeah, I kept it really simple. I, I founded the nonprofit St. Louis Walk of Fame in 1988, and the first induction ceremony was 1989. And I inducted 10 a year for the first few years to really get it established. Uh, but yeah, the, the two are that you had to have been from St. Louis, either born here or raised here or had formative years here. That's the first criterion. The second one is that you had to have a national impact, or international, but a national impact on our cultural heritage. And St. Louis is 
has had a bigger impact on the nation's cultural heritage than any other city, I think, with the exception of maybe a few of the really old northeastern ones like New York, Boston, and Philadelphia. But other than that, we're, we produce more talent out of St. Louis in music and journalism and architecture and all that than more than Chicago, more than San Francisco, more than Los Angeles. We ought to tout ourselves more than we do. But the St. Louis Walk of Fame does that. And you have a book that is about the St. Louis Walk of Fame. Tell me about that. Yeah, there's a book. There's a website, stlouiswalkoffame.org, and um, and then a book that I'm working on bringing a new edition out next year to bring everything up to date post-pandemic to include all the people that have been voted in since that time. But it's really fun because it shows a photo portrait of the honoree and then the the succinct description of their accomplishments and their St. Louis connection. I always include that. Um, I always have their name in the first sentence and the last sentence. I don't know why, but I just do. Um, But it's just, it's really a meaningful book for, and I I distribute the book to every middle school and high school library in the bi-state region, six counties. They get 300, 300 something of, of the libraries get those Anytime I bring on a new one, so students can do reports and all. I mean, I know they can go online now and, and do that to a degree, uh, a great degree. But they, they, there's something about having the physical book and looking at that photograph and reading about the person that can inspire them. It's, they're they're great role models. Every single person in the Walk of Fame, you know, is could be a great role model for some young kid growing up or for adults. Really, um, wow, yeah, I'm switching jobs right now, and so and so did that in his career, her career. And it's, 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 it's good to let people know St. Louis is a strong city. Uh, let's talk briefly about this next project was kind of unusual. The mini golf. You're doing a mini golf course and it's going to have a Ferris wheel. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm still working on things to, to and try to improve things. And I love building experienced places where you don't have to be good at the sport to enjoy it. So families can get together, date night, business groups, all of that. So like bowling at the pinup bowl, you don't have to be great at bowling to enjoy it. You can go there with your friends and you miss, you miss, you miss. And then all of a sudden you get four pins and everybody goes, woo! <laughs> and then they get all excited. And it's, it's, so, it's such a great social sport. So I'm, I'm uh, and you know, darts at Blueberry Hill, similar thing. So I'm building... A new building across from the Moonrise Hotel and the pageant, um, and it should open maybe in July. In July, I'm guessing. And um, but Magic Mini Golf. And um, first of all, I love neon signs, so I'm building a 21 foot tall neon sign with a guy on one side and a girl on the other side, kind of animated putting in the golf ball into the hole on, on the exterior of the building. But in, inside, there'll be 18 holes of indoor miniature golf. Um, some holes might only be eight feet long and some 14 feet long, just a human scale indoor place where it doesn't matter about the weather. You can, you can plan your party or meet your friends. And, and, um, and then two lanes of shuffleboard, regulation ones, so we can have maybe leagues of shuffleboard. That's another ground easy, shuffleboard, right? Ground oh, shuffleboard. Yeah. Yes. With, with, and, 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 and it's one of those sports that you don't have to be great at to enjoy it. And you can get the, Ooh, and the, ah, and you know, when you're playing, um, and having a beverage now and then. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a beverage. <laughs> and then the other factor out of the three major parts uh, are, is a, a Ferris wheel I got from the Muni Opera a few years ago. 
and it's been restored. I've had it restored this this spring where it's all repainted, sandblasted and all that, and new lights being put on and all that. So it's a five-car Ferris wheel indoors, not big, but just fun. I mean, who wouldn't want to ride a Ferris wheel? It could be sleeting outside, and here you are inside riding a Ferris wheel in the Del Mar Loop. And uh, I, I think people will have get a kick out of it anyway. Joe, you are an innovator, a creator. Uh, you have helped make the Del Mar Loop what it is. It's a, it's a pleasure and honor to speak with you, and I appreciate your time. Well, thank you very, very much. Thanks for coming today, and, and hello, St. Louis. I love St. Louis, and I love the Del Mar Loop, obviously, but I love St. Louis. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 